wanna die for them to miss me. Yes, I see the things that they wishing on me. Hope I got some brothers that outlive me. They gon' tell the story, shit was different with me. God's plan. What's up, footy fans? Welcome to the fifth episode of Backyard Footy, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network of Podcasts. That's bgn.fm on the internet. You can also follow them on Twitter at the bgn.fm. I have my featured guests here with me, Kayla, London, and Bolu. A little background on us. I played with Bolu back in college my senior year. He was a sophomore. He was at Seton Hall, went to George Mason. We actually beat him 1-0 at home. Had a little design play that week. In practice, had a little set piece off a corner to me, laid it off. Remember that game, Taylor? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Celebrated hard. He then played for New York Red Bulls, too, and I was at Richmond in my second year at the time, and he came up to me on the field. Yo, what's up, man? I remember playing against each other in college, and from that day on, we've been boys ever since. Fast forward to 2016, November slash December, we're chilling up in Philly in the apartments, talking about where he wanted to go in the offseason. I was thinking about Bethlehem, so he was just giving me the ins and outs, and I probably wouldn't even go on this at the steal if it wasn't for his advice, so I appreciate that. He played in the NASL last year for the Carolina Railhawks, and now here he is, and he gets each other again. He's at Nashville, I'm at Pittsburgh. London and I go back to college as well. He played at Maryland. I was a freshman, he was a sophomore. I believe his first collegiate goal ever was against us at George Mason at Maryland, beat us 2-0, I remember that goal too, and that atmosphere was crazy. A couple years later, we played together with the Baltimore Bohemians. I believe our first start together was out in Bermuda. Crazy game. I think you got a red card too, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I gave up a PK. We ended up losing a tie in that game, but then we just went out and celebrated Bermuda, and that was a dope time. I've always been following him in the MLS the past couple of years. We both played center back, so I've always admired his, admired his game, so I appreciate him coming out on the show. And last but not least, Taylor Washington. He transferred from Boston University my senior year, and he was a sophomore. Came in as a left back. I remember our coaches hyping him up beforehand, telling us we have this athletic left back coming in. When we, the first training that he came, we're all just like, wow, we're about to have a really good defense. We ended up being top 10 defensively that year, so it was awesome for him to be out there. Ended up winning the A-10 championship, going undefeated. He got drafted by the Union. Played against each other when I was on Richmond my last year. He was on the Steel. Last year I was in Bethlehem. He was on Pittsburgh, and now here we are. He's on Nashville, and I'm on Pittsburgh, kind of following his footsteps. So without further ado, I welcome my guests. What's up, fellas? How's everything? How's the flight and the drive-in? It's good, man. Glad to be here. Weather's nice and hot. So how are you guys enjoying Nashville so far, personally? It was cool. It was definitely a lot different. Um, for me, I played in North Carolina last year, so I was got a little bit of down south taste in North Carolina, but mm-hmm. definitely Nashville and Tennessee is more so down south than than anything I'm used to, but it's cool. You, I like you it. got that vibe when you go down there, like the true south. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's definitely in the south. Country music everywhere you go. For real. <laughs> it don't stop. Real. I've never been. I didn't go that first weekend because I had a wedding, so I've never been yeah. to Nashville. Yeah, it's popping. Nice. I think over a hundred bachelor bachelorette parties a weekend. What? Yeah, so it's Crazy. a very yeah. touristy destination. Yeah. What about for you, T? How do you like it? Oh, I love it. It's amazing. Better yeah. than any other cities? For sure. Yeah. I mean, Pittsburgh was amazing too, but uh, I'm loving Nashville so far. What's the city like? You guys go out and explore the city a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it's a mix of everything. I, actually, like you can go, Broadway is like the main attraction. And I compare it to like 42nd Street, Times Square in New York. You know what I mean? Like bright lights, a lot of things going on. That's the touristy part. Mm -hmm. And you have like the Midtown area, which is a little bit more relaxed. And Mm -hmm. you have like the Gulch too, which is kind of calm. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of get a mix of both, you know, if you Mm -hmm. want crazy. And if you want kind of chill and a little bit like suburbia, you could get that too. Right. That's what's up. up. I think uh, it's a big music town, you know, like 
any day of the week, they'll be playing live music some more than one place. You know what wow. I'm saying? So I've I've already been to a couple shows out there, and it's just a good music vibe. A lot of young and coming artists come out there, so it's a pretty cool spot to be so. for music. So you guys stay in free housing, right? You said earlier we were talking it's about thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. How's that kind of? Do you guys commute to practice from there? Or what well, do you guys do? Well, we train like literally less than a mile from where we live, so oh. it's pretty convenient. But we play in the city, so. You know, we get the best of both worlds because we go to work like 20 minutes, 25 minutes outside of downtown, but mm-hmm. we play downtown, so we're basically in it. Once so the stadium's game like day. actually downtown? Yeah. The yeah. 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 Damn, I'll live in the life. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. So what's it like playing in front of 20K fans every weekend? Yeah, it's been, I mean, since I actually went home opener when we played you guys, I think that's when we had 20K, but oh, we okay. moved to first Tennessee Bank which is where we're going to play this season mm-hmm. and we've been playing mm-hmm. it's more like 10k 11k but it's been crazy like the fans the fans are involved you know what I mean like it's definitely a growing soccer city like it's crazy like I remember it was on Broadway it was a couple of us and they came up with like yo you guys are national SC like it was kind of dope you know what I mean you don't get that yeah you don't get that um, especially playing in the USL you know in other cities right. so that's been really cool like they're getting behind the team for sure right right that's what's up so knowing that you guys are going to the MLS next year, what's the environment like, and how's the organization? Oh, in two years. Yeah, in two mm-hmm. years. So how are you guys preparing for that? How's the organization and players and everybody, you know, getting ready for that? I mean, to be fair, we haven't really like talked about MLS just because it's so far away. So it's kind of everything is just focused on USL. Really, mm-hmm. like no one knows what's gonna happen. We're not really sure about it. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of like whatever is in front of you is what you're gonna attack. So our focus is on pretty much winning the USL yeah, this year. Of course. So in comparison to your other clubs for each of you, what's this club, Nashville, like? I know it's a brand new club, but what's it like for you guys so far? Uh, for me, I see the club with like big ambitions. Like the other, I think it was two weeks ago, they hired uh, the ex-Liverpool CEO. Oh, he's going to be the CEO for Nashville in 2020. So, wow. And he's already saying like he's trying to, you know, make this club elite, you know what I'm saying? Like things like that. Mm-hmm. And it just shows you how, how serious they're they're gonna be, you know. I feel like they're gonna try to model like after LAFC or Atlanta even. Mm-hmm. Damn. So you got that vibe before you even sign here? For sure. Yeah. I mean knowing that they were planning on going to MLS and right. they finally did get the bid, uh that kinda had a big thing to do with it, but I feel like the ownership group is very serious, you know, like I know there's once they go MLS there's more even more money coming in, so It'll be pretty That's interesting true. to see where the club is in a couple of years. What about BUT? How's this club in comparison to the other ones? Definitely different, you know, going from, uh, you know, even being in MLS my first year and being on loan a lot, you know, playing with Bolu. Um, I think it's completely different in terms of a fan base yeah, as well. Sure. You know, like in Bethlehem and as well as you know, as well as here, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't get the fans that we're getting in Nashville. Right. Um, so it's like extremely good. And, you know, coming from Pittsburgh last year where the coaching staff was completely different. Very true. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's good to have a good coach who cares about the game in a good way. You know what I mean? So he knows what he's talking about. So it's good to play good football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's been different because my first two clubs are like MLS two teams, you know what I mean? So that's always different. And the differences that brings with guys coming down from the first team and all like kind of nuances. Then with last year with North Carolina, it was kind of a rebrand for the team because they were Carolina Royal Hawks. And last year they were NCFC. So that was a kind of rebranding. They were pushing their MLS bid and like being on a team like Nashville, which is a fresh team. Mm -hmm. It's brand new, obviously. They got the MLS bid. So there's a certain direction and what they're building to. And like London said, like, I think it's going to be something special. So we see bits and glimpses of it, and it's getting better per day. Obviously, it's a brand-new team, so there's some nuances and things they got to work on. But 
for sure it's definitely growing like by the minute is that why you made this leap to come here from North Carolina um, I mean I wouldn't necessarily say that's the only reason I mean everyone has ambitions and goals mm -hmm. but definitely one of my reasons but it was just I just felt like it was a good fit um, mm -hmm. after talking to the coaches and just seeing everything and seeing the way my career had been going and just everything I thought I thought it was probably the best decision for me and mm -hmm. it was something I felt like just felt it just felt like the right decision for me to make at the time right, right. So what about the culture there? I know it's pretty much everyone's first time, obviously, in this organization, but is there, like, a good sense of leadership there with some veteran guys on the team, and have they kind of established their own culture there at Nashville? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you have guys like London. He's played three years in MLS. Yeah. You have a guy like Justin Davis who's played in MLS. You have... Uh, Coast played, yeah. Coast Case played yeah. in MLS. Matt Pickens is MLS veteran, so you have older guys that's kind of steering yeah. a ship. You know what I mean? Right. But and, and they do they do a great job with the younger guys or the, the mid year pros, as like I like to class it, like myself and right. Taylor and stuff, and kind of getting everyone together and everyone kind of being on the same page with everything. So right. that, I think that's definitely been good. And obviously the coaching staff helps because they pick the players that come to the team. So I think they've done a fantastic job with that. And to build on that, I think like Garrett did an amazing job. If you look at our depth, you know, like our 18-man roster, even the guys who, you know, don't always travel, practice is always high level. You know what I mean? So he did a good job with that. How many players do you guys have on the squad? 26? Yeah, 26. We yeah. just signed a couple guys, so yeah, yeah around 26. Yeah, 25, yeah. Yeah. But it's different coming from the affiliates when oh, Steel's yeah. only 13, 12, yeah. 13. 12, 13 guys. Richmond yeah. was only like 18, 19, because almost on the weekend, every weekly basis, we got a good, good like four or five DC United guys. So yeah. we just kept the numbers low. So yeah. it's completely, I mean, I like not being with the MLS affiliate at all. You can actually just focus on your on the guys, yeah. grind yeah, every single sure. week. Yeah. And, and our. I remember talking to you too um, when I was about to make that move to North Carolina, and that was the mm -hmm. first thing I said. I was like, "Yeah, I want to be on a team where it's just us, like right. no MLS guys loaning now, and you battle with the guys week in and week out, and you mm -hmm. know if you're good enough to make the team or if you've performed well enough to make the team." Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. So it might have been before Louisville. We yeah. wore yeah. the Spread Love shirts, which is it was like the Waffle House logo, but it said Spread Love. You know, mm -hmm. quarter million yeah. raised yeah. raised money from wow. for for the for the victims of that. Uh, the Waffle House shooting or whatever so it's just it's a crazy crazy incident you know you never think that, sad, that stuff like that sad. happens to you so close but yeah. yeah but it's crazy I mean it just sucks sometimes that these kind of tragedies have to happen to bring people together Seriously. and I think that's I think together on the one cause for a little bit until another one happens and you mm -hmm. just wish that that doesn't have to be the case mm -hmm. you know was that kind of close to you guys or yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Was yeah. The the one, there was one in the mall what was the mall 20 minutes yeah, yeah. it was like 20 yeah 20 yeah. 30 minutes from us yeah that's craziness so Bola, we're gonna start with you so you were born in nigeria right yeah when did you come over here so i moved here right before my 10th birthday 2004 april um yeah moved to actually moved to new jersey first before new york mm -hmm. um lived there for about five six months Irvington, new jersey and my mom decided she wanted to move to new york and we packed our bags and moved again wow what yeah. was life life like over there i mean obviously it's completely different being like what country. new jersey or, no, new, or nigeria. nigeria yeah it's different i mean yeah i was young i, I definitely still have some memories but mm -hmm. Everything I remember for me, it was just bliss, you know, running around as a kid and playing around, just playing soccer. All mm -hmm. I remember is playing soccer, watching soccer, talking about soccer and being around soccer. Mm -hmm. You're just so indulged in, in, in soccer specifically in my country at that age because mm -hmm. that's the culture and that's right. everything. That's life, you know what I mean? So that's really, honestly, what I remember is just soccer. literally playing soccer on the streets with no shoes on, you feel right. me? <laughs> you still have family there? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Like, uh, 
my uncles, I have a bunch of uncles and aunts. My oldest brother moved back about six six years ago to start a family. So him, his wife, and he just had twins. Like they just turned one not too long wow. ago. So wow. yeah, it's pretty cool. When's the last time you've been back? I haven't been back since I moved here, unfortunately. Yeah. You trying to go back? I do want to go back, but unfortunately with like immigration issues and all that stuff, it's kind of tough. It's probably not of the good. Yeah, it's not the best time to go back right now. <laughs> So you also played for the U14 Nigerian national team, right? Yeah, so that was right before we came to America, actually. So my oldest brother, who was like inspired me to do everything I do till his day, and mm-hmm. he's my he's like he's my role model. We we both actually went to try out for the national team because they ha- they would have like trials at the the national stadium. Mm-hmm. It's not it's no longer national; they moved it now. But back then, we lived like ten minutes from the stadium, and we had just gone to a club team. And this was right before we came to America, so I was nine. The U14 had tryouts and the U16 had tryouts, and me and him both went out, and he made the team, and I made the team, and we got called to one camp right before, and then like the next camp was coming up, and my mom was like, "Yo, we're going to America," and we're like, "No, I want to play soccer." But you, you know, think you'd be on the first team now, or at least on like 23. That's either. a long shot. <laughs> that's a long shot. That's a long shot. I mean, can't complain for anything the way it's worked out. You know, you still have goals and aspirations to be on the first team. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's tough now because I've grown up here and I've lived more than half my life here in America so and I was blessed enough to get the chance to represent US at U20 as well so it's kind of mm. both 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 up there for Talk me. Talk about that experience too. Yeah, it was it was amazing. It was amazing. That was so my freshman year in college um I got called up right after the season for a January camp U20 in Florida which is a lot of good players, guys that you see on the first team now, Will yeah. Trap, who's captain of the national team, he was in my camp, DeAndre Yedlin, he was in my camp. A bunch of really good players, so that was an amazing experience. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So you came over and moved to New Jersey. How'd you kind of get involved with the Red Bulls Academy? So funny thing, I was in New Jersey. Red Bull, Red Bulls actually train in New Jersey. Everything is in New Jersey, right. even though you're called New York Red Bulls. Um, I didn't know about the academy. Didn't know about anything. I actually didn't play soccer for my first two years in oh, America wow. from nine to eleven. So my brother is in high school. Obviously, every, talks about soccer, and he meets a couple of guys, and they tell him, hey. This local team, Brooklyn Patriots, has trials. So my brother goes and trials for the team. He makes it. He's old. He's five years older than me, so he's on the U16 at the time. So I kept begging him, yo, take me to practice. I want to play. I want to play. And back then, you know, older brother, younger brother, he's yeah. like, no, no, no. I'm not bringing you everywhere, right. you know. Finally, I convinced him. So after like a year now, I didn't touch the ball for two years. He brings me to training with their, I think it was under 14, under 13 team at the time. I was around 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And I went, played, obviously loved the game. Also happy to be just out there running around again. The first half of the season, I didn't play much. Second half, I started doing well and playing and coaches liking me. Um, and so my brother found out about trying out for Red Bull mm-hmm. when I was on Brooklyn Pritchard. So he left, actually, tried out for the Red Bull Academy team. He made the team, but he was in high school and he's really he's a really smart guy and he's really into education. So right. he, he felt like he was pushing away his education just to be on the academy team because the, the, the travel was, the commute was three hours. Um, so he quit the team that first year because of the travel and then the next year he wanted to go back. So he talked about it a couple of times. We both talked about it. And one day we were just scrolling on a laptop. My uncle literally gave us a laptop. Two weeks into him giving us, we we're just on the internet, just looking at stuff. And, it, and an ad popped up. And it said, Red Bull Academy Trials, U14. That's crazy. Like, first, the first ever year they were having a U14 That's team. Crazy. So my brother looked at me. He goes, yo, you think you're ready? You think you can make it? And my brother is kind of like, he's really strict about things. And he's like, listen, if we're going to get on a train and go all the way to a trial, you're going to make that team. You right, know what I mean? You're right. going to do everything you can. 
And I'll never forget to this day, we took the bus three hours. We got off the bus, so we walked 30 minutes on a highway to get to, we were literally highway. walking on the highway. What, 95 or? No, it was, it was on, in Giant Stadium. Oh, okay. and, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they dropped us off. Forget where, the bus didn't drop us where we thought it was gonna drop us, so mm -hmm. we had to walk back on the highway. Walked in, we got there late, and I'm frantic, and I'll never forget, I had these Puma shoes, I had a hole in them, I had a green, jerk, a green penny, number six on the back. I remember changing in the bathroom, looked myself in the mirror, I was like, yo, this is it, like, you got your chance, and there was about 100 kids there, and ever since then, it's just been a blessing, you know, I'm like, awesome, I get bro. to call this my job now, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, so how'd you kind of get recruited from there? You played 14, 16, and 18? Yeah, so I played with the U14s, uh, played U15, I played U16. I played U16 twice. And so I actually went to college when I was 16. After my second U16 year, I, they wanted me to like kind of stay around and play U18, but uh, I'd been on some college visits and stuff because I was young, but I was also ahead in school. Um, and Sino wanted me and I wanted to visit. I loved it there. And we had Manny Shellshot at the time, who was, a, who was a fantastic coach. He was a legend. He was recruiting me and a couple of guys who I knew were already on the team. And it just seemed like a good, a perfect opportunity for me. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to kind of stay out of school right. or whatever. I feel like I can do the academic work and athletic work. So, yeah, I was getting recruited. I talked to a couple of schools and Sino just seemed like a perfect fit. It was close to home and Absolutely. I knew guys on the team already, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what's up. So what other options did you have before committing to Seton Hall? Um, I talked to Providence, uh, Wake Forest, um, well, St. Francis in New York, St. Francis, and I think there, were, there was another St. Francis, I don't remember where they were from. Um, yeah, and I think that, I think those are like the main schools. I got a couple, I talked to a couple other coaches, but the main schools that really recruited me probably would be Wake Forest, Providence, yeah. um, St. Francis. And yeah, I think that was it. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah. So you're getting up, you had a great four years at Seton Hall. How did you kind of, you know, steer that direction to Rebels too? I know you didn't get drafted, but what was your thought process after school? Obviously you wanted to go pro, but how did, you know, New York Rebels too come about? Yeah, so um, obviously playing four years in college, you have a lot of ups and downs and stuff. And soccer, being a pro is always what I wanted to do since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. um, so playing in college, uh, Red Bull would have uh, MPSL back then. I think their U23 team is PDL now. Mm -hmm. So back then, MPSL, go back every summer, you keep, they kept calling crops of guys in academy, you know, who would come in. So played there after my freshman year, played there after my sophomore year. So after my junior year, I was going in, and I kind of, I called I called the coaches there, and I was like, listen, if I'm going to come play in the, sum, in the summer with you guys again, I got to have an idea if I'm going to, you guys are going to offer me a contract after my senior year. Right kind of seemed like they didn't really want to offer me a contract and at the time Red Bull 2 wasn't around so I decided to go play PDL with a different team that went well it's a pretty good year went into my senior year had a decent year and I got a coach I got a call from head coach John Wonek who he mm -hmm. he helped coach me in academy as well I've known him since I was like 15 and he was like listen we're having a Red Bull 2 team come out let's see what happened I won a couple trials with other teams uh, Rochester at the time, who yeah. your coach Bob yeah, Lilly yeah. coached, um, went there. Philly Union had a, like a little um, trial thing. Charlotte Independence, um, kind of those two teams, Charlotte and Philly, were like, "Now nah, we're all right. We don't want mm. you." Rochester invited me to preseason, and Red Bull invited me to preseason. But obviously, I came to this country for education, yeah. and I went to finish school. So Red Bull was the uh, perfect fit. I was able to finish up 
during the spring semester and play pro right. at the same time. So it was right. the best of both worlds. So that that's kind of how it came about. That's like me and Richmond kind of. Richmond's like an hour and a half from my exactly, school. Exactly, so yeah. So commute back and forth. Yeah, it was like 30 minutes for me. Right. It's the hardest couple months of my life, but <laughs> it's worth right. it for sure. So how was that first year for you? You were just in college and now you're actually a pro getting paid to do what you love. So Yeah, it's different. I mean, the biggest thing is the pressure. The pressure yeah. that comes with it and the performance. Right. Um, I think after I signed, I don't think I started a game for... I want to say two months. Wow. You know what I mean? And it's just training and people don't even see the work that you put in behind coming out early, staying after just to Mm -hmm. impress the coach. And Mm -hmm. there's a crop of 20 other guys who are doing the same as you. You know what I mean? So what makes you stand out? Right. And that's the biggest question I always ask myself and just grinding, grinding. My first ever start, it's crazy because we played Charleston on Saturday and that's why I made my pro debut and I made my first pro start here at Pittsburgh. <laughs> how life works. Yeah, right? it's crazy, bro. So yeah, man, it's just just keep working, just yeah. keep grinding at it. Yeah. And but yeah, it was good. I learned a lot in those first couple months for sure. So going from Red Bulls organization now to Philly's organization, what's some of the differences? They're the two of the top best organizations in this country. Yeah. So yeah. what was some of the differences that you first noticed as soon as you got there? Obviously, I. I think I've, I got asked this question before, but I saw more similarities and differences. Okay. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. think the way Philly sets up their academy is, is very similar to the way Red Bull sets it up. But Philly has a kind of like residency thing where you can mm-hmm. go to school. Um, so we would have a lot of academy guys training with us at Bethlehem. It was right, the same thing. Right. You know, yeah. it's all connected. The, the first gotcha. team, the academy, they all train in the same area. Everyone's close. So I think that that was the biggest thing. The only difference I would think about from two organizations is a style of play. Red Bull is a high press team, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They make mm-hmm. the game kind of hectic and mm-hmm. that's very apparent from the academy down yeah. where Phillies is kind of, they're a little bit more adaptable, you know? Yeah. And in the way they play and, and, right. and possess the ball, but Red Bull kind of live and die by that high press. Right. So I remember that off season before you went to Carolina, like you said, we were talking about that and up in Philly. What's, kind of, what's some of the differences between the NASL and the USL? Yeah, I mean, I get asked this question a lot too, but I think you find more older, experienced guys in the NSL than the USL. Um, obviously, you've had great players play in the NSL. Marcus Senna, Raul, uh, Joe Cole, when he was, he's in the USL now, but he originally came to NSL. So you kind of have like these older kind of European guys who, and you have a lot of guys maybe who played in MLS and are older now and coming to NSL. I think the style of play is a little bit more slower. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more technical gotcha. than the USL where the USL is a little bit more aggressive. It's yeah. more physical. It's more athletic. Right. Um, so there are definitely big differences. I think there are bigger differences in those two leagues than people think right. um, for sure. And yeah. I mean, you got to experience that firsthand. That's why it's great to have you on the show oh, and talk yeah, about sure. that. So there's only, what, like 12 teams in NASL, right? Yeah. No, last year, I think we had, like, yeah, we had 12 teams. So there's a lot of commuting. Yeah, a lot of commuting. You play the same guys a lot over and over. So you get to know the teams. Well, I think we played each team, like, six times or something like that. Something crazy. Um, But, yeah, it was cool. It was definitely a cool league. Obviously, it was at the back end of it because now that it's folded when I was there. But I enjoyed it for sure. It was a cool experience to have. That's what's up, bro. So Taylor, how's it feel to be back with your old club in your old area and now Emerald Gardens, your old home? How's it feel to be back here? It's crazy. I mean, honestly, like, I mean, sitting across the table from you, you know, someone I went to school with, mm-hmm. too, on top of that. You know, I can still remember when uh, we were in the JC. It was like I just transferred. And you you and, like, Lolo and them came up to me and all that, and I just, like, knew everything was going to be a great year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But to be back in Pittsburgh, it's good. You know, I had some great memories here. Um, made some great friends, some great connections. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, also, you know, from a 
from a playing standpoint, you know, I'm excited to play against the former club yep. because of, you know, the way things went. Of course. And, um, so it's going to be a great, great experience tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Yeah, bro. So you're from upstate New York. You played for FC Westchester. They're an academy yeah. team at the time, right? Yep, yep. Played against Bolu, too. Yeah. First of all, mad respect. That is amazing. Three hours. <laughs> and that's for, honestly, right. like, you, you play with someone for, mm -hmm. you know, two years and you learn so much about them. Yep. That's incredible. I agree with that. Yeah, man. So how'd you kind of get recruited at FC Westchester? Yeah, so at the time, I was I was doing pretty well. I, I transitioned from a, a left wing to a left back. Um, like, our left back got six, so they just said, can you slot in there? And um, was able to make the Eastern Conference, like, starting 11 for three years and was a youth national pool player. Uh, played in the academy select game mm -hmm. um, and you know sort of had a, a slew of colleges that sort of were looking at me but um, I struggled academically gotcha. in, in high school and all that um, so I tried to choose a school that was a good balance you know it was easy for me you know my dream was to go to Notre Dame but mm -hmm. you know it just wasn't in the cars at the right. time so uh, I went to Boston University um, was recruited there fell in love with the assistant coach but when I got up there it just wasn't wasn't everything that it panned out to be um and then on top of that you know i had like a 1.7 gpa gotcha. so i was struggling a lot mm -hmm. and uh found out i was diagnosed with dyslexia yeah and you know coach greg mm -hmm. was able to take my email and i was looking to transfer at the time and you know thank god everything was able to work out went to george mason and played a year with you and then through right. two more years and it was awesome that's a student athlete life i mean people always give us a hard time because we're getting a scholarship and paid to go to school but they don't really understand understand that we're doing the same things these normal kids are doing but also traveling across the country balancing school coming back late nights doing tests and things so i mean obviously you turn your gpa around and stuff like that but you know it's never easy to do those things for sure so why did you kind of transfer to george mason from boston did you have any other options before yeah yeah, for sure. I mean, my mom, you know, she sacrificed so much for me. Mm -hmm. You know, like when in Westchester, I went to a school where it was like 40000 but I was on financial aid, you know, mm -hmm. and, and my mom had to sacrifice just to even pay for it. Um, and it wasn't, you know, the, the full amount, of course, because no, I mean, only the, the rich kids could handle that. But, right. um, you know, I wanted to go to a school that I could make her proud academically. Mm -hmm. And it was between there and UConn and um, both of their, like, disability services programs are the best in the country mm -hmm. but what really sold it was when I went down coach Craig just sat with me for two hours you know like he sat in the office of disability services you guys were playing Hofstra mm -hmm. um and he just sat there and made sure like we planned out everything make sure I was successful off the field nice yeah so I mean that made a huge difference because that was just something personal for me right what were some of the differences when you transferred that first year with Boston and George Mason I mean, everything, you know, the people on the team, I mean, the way everything was, was run there, I yeah. mean, I just had such a good time, um, you know, like the way that you guys led the team, the way that we were really like a family, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? We went out onto the pitch and we gave everything we had for mm -hmm. each other. Um, you know, it was just a, a great environment and, you know, I, I felt like it was just, you know, it's just a huge blessing to be there. Yeah. So we end up winning the A-10 championship that first year you yeah. transferred, going undefeated, mm -hmm. going to the second round of the NCAA tournament, playing yeah. in New Mexico. Still the coldest game I've ever played. Oh, my gosh. It was, and so windy, too. Bro, that, <laughs> I was so miserable. I, dude. It sucks we lost in the 80-something minute, but yeah. that was the coldest game I've ever played. But what was that experience? Obviously, we're seniors. We know it was our last year, so we're giving it our, our all. But for, sure. for you who just transferred from Boston, what was that whole experience from you? That was It was, it was special. You know what I mean? Like... Um, you know, you, I had only known you guys for a little bit from the spring, mm -hmm. but, you know, like, you guys impacted my life in such a way. You, Zach, Julio, everyone, you know, like, I remember halfway through the year, we were, we were, we sat down with Coach Greg and everything, and, you know, we had that team meeting, and it just felt like, you know, we, we can do this, because we had all the talent, mm -hmm. and, you know, we just had to go out there and do it, and 
you know, I thank God that we were able to put the dots together. Alex puts right. the PK away against St. Louis. Right. And then, you know, our back line was great. So it was it was easy. It was easy with you and Lolo in the back and Chase and all that. So it was awesome. There's a guy here in Pittsburgh that went to St. Louis and we give him a, really? I give him a hard Who? time. Ray. Ray Lee, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Shoot. Ray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I give him Dang. a hard time almost every weekend about that game. Jeez, I remember Ray Lee blazing down yeah. the wing. Yeah. yeah. So what were those last two years like for you at Mason after we transferred? I'm sure that obviously there's some differences, but what were those two years like for you? For sure. I mean, it was different after you guys left. Like, you guys were sort of like the glue that held everyone together. Um, you know, we had Timmy the next year who went off, yep. you know, was drafted by the Re or signed with the Revs. And um, it, was a, it was a unique experience, though. We did well. Like, we mm -hmm. had a, a little bit – we had more success on the national stage, but – um, team camaraderie was definitely different, but you know, like the the final year was was not good. You know, what I mean, like we went seven and seven. Um, you know, like going into my senior year, I'd just been playing with DC United, and you know, I was sort of flying high. They were saying, you know, if you have a good year, we'll take you, you know, third or fourth round. And I was DC like, was telling you that. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I mean, I, I was I was stoked about that because yeah. I could still go to school. Like you know, yeah. I was still right there. around there. Yeah. And uh, you know, two games in, it was funny. Toby, me mm -hmm. and Toby went up for a header. And um, Toby came down on my leg, and I sprained my MCL and my ankle at the same time. So, yeah, it was crazy. So I missed the second game into conference, and I just remember, like, going off the field and thinking, like, I'm done. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, how did that affect you mentally? I mean, shoot, I was. Senior year? It was tough. It was tough. You know, I had a, a great support system, you know, in Kayla at the time mm -hmm. and all that. And mm -hmm. Coach Greg, you know, was still instilling a belief in me. Mm -hmm. And it was funny. You know, Mike Jacobs at the time was inviting me to Sporting KC. And I had to lie to him and tell him, like, ah, you know, like, I'm hoping that we win, you know, like, right. and I couldn't tell him I was injured. But, you know, it's funny how God works. Mm -hmm. You know, it just it instilled a belief in me and, like, I kept going. You know, I missed the, pretty much the rest of the season besides the final 30 minutes of our last game. But, you know, like, my name was on the initial light, initial invite to the combine list. And then... You did go to the combine, too, right? I did, but I, I wasn't, like, one of the guys initially invited. Right, I think right. it's, I think it's funny. Like, Bradley dropped out. Like, a few other people dropped out. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like, thank God I was just given an opportunity. And, you know, I was supposed to go, like, 80-something. Yeah. Went down there and, you know, did what I was supposed to do and ended up getting drafted 23rd, thank God. So you were supposed to... You know, DC just said they're thinking about drafting you, but yeah. you ended up going to Philly. How was that whole process? Okay, did you have an idea, or you had no idea? I had somewhat of an idea. Okay. So I mean, like I interviewed with them, Red Bull, um, Seattle, and New York City, and um, Philly was my worst interview. I was wow. so nervous. I wasn't myself, and like honestly, it was weird. You know, that that whole year was a, a strengthening year for me. Um, you know, like. I showed up in camp and was able to earn a contract, thank God. But, you know, after that, you know, just didn't mentally have the game that I needed to have. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was playing with Bolu and learned so much from him and the, all the other guys. And, you know, it was, what, your second year as a pro? Yeah, and, I was in second year. But, you know, he acted like he was a fifth year. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, you know, I was able to learn and grow. And I felt by the end of that year, yeah, I was a different player. Gotcha. But, you know, I faced, I faced failure again when they said that I walk into the room and before mm -hmm. I even sit down, Ernie's mm -hmm. like, we're not mm -hmm. renewing your contract. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was just like, damn, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, you know, I was able to, you know, like, I'm very into my faith and I felt like yeah. I met, you know, when I met Dominic, like, yeah. as you know, you yeah. know, like that, I felt like that was my call in Philly, nice. regardless of what happened on the field. And he changed my life and everything for a reason yeah exactly yeah. for sure and then when I had the opportunity to sign with Pittsburgh you know I said I was going to make a count train differently had a more confident mindset and said you know 
basically fuck it. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to give everything I Did can. Did you have some other options before Pittsburgh or? No, it's okay. funny. So coach Greg actually sort of hooked that oh, up. Wow. Yeah. I said, Dave Brandt, you know, enjoyed pl- the way I played since college and, you know, I said, you know, I will to offer you a contract. And actually, I did. I did, actually. Red Bull came to the table late. Okay. Um, it was after the re-entry draft. They called me and said, you know, would you like to come First in? First team or? Uh, Ali Curtis, yeah. he called me, yeah. yeah. And I mean, like, my agent and I talked about, like, if you really wanted me, you would have taken me in the re-entry draft. Yeah. So, I mean, it probably would have ended up, who knows, going to preseason and mm-hmm. trying everything I can to obtain a first-team contract. But... Mm-hmm. You what know. was that year like for you here? Last here? year in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. I mean, the, the style of play wasn't the best, I have to say. You know, I think Bob's done an amazing job with coming in and getting the right pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I learned a lot off the field as well. You know, I learned how to balance it and sort of create a better mindset um, in order to succeed. And, you know, there was moments where it was, it was trying. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think I had a great, a great, great teammates and great people that I'll have for life. So... Mm-hmm. Um, and it led me here, so I'm extremely blessed. It's awesome, bro. Amen. So London, you have a very interesting story as well. You're from the Dallas area, which is interesting because it's one of the few regions that doesn't have a D1 soccer school besides SMU. Yeah. So how was that like growing up? Because um, football is very, very, very fo- big. Up. Fo- football's king over there. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, there's you know there's mad NFL players who made it like from around my area, you know, mm-hmm. or even college players at that. But I don't know. I've I played football. Seventh, oh, seventh, seventh grade, and I, that, that was yeah, that was that was that was, the, that was the last of it for me. I had what position? I was a wide receiver and I kicked. So funny story, this dude is actually a running back for the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Seventh grade, he was bossing me all facets of sports: basketball, football. Damn! I remember he blocked my kick and ran it back, yos. And then <laughs> fast forward to basketball season, I'm going out for a layup. Mind you, we're 12 years old. Right. He blocked my my layup off the backboard, yo. So <laughs> this, guy, this guy was a freak athlete. Yeah. I figured sock, keep the ball on the ground, you know what I'm saying? Right, That's my right. type of game. So you grew up playing for SC Dallas, which is also one of the best organizations in this country. How is that whole experience for you, and how did you kind of get recruited? Uh, it's been great. Um, actually, even before FC Dallas Academy, I was on a team called FC Texas. They weren't okay. they weren't legally allowed to call themselves FC Dallas because they weren't affiliated. But we had the same jerseys. It just said FC Texas. Is that the same thing as Dallas Texans? No, yeah. it's completely different. Okay, they were okay. trying to start their own. Gotcha. Like, but eventually they they became FC Dallas Academy. Mm-hmm. And then I think I, I joined the first year of Academy. I was probably 17 years old mm-hmm. and p- put together a pretty pretty solid squad. There's actually a guy who's going to go to the World Cup with Argentina this summer. Funes Mori, who plays for Everton. Wow. Yeah, he actually... Wow. Yeah, so FC That's Dallas let, let him and his brother slip through the cracks. But yeah, <sighs> mad players coming through there, like... It's honestly incredible how many great young players I, I played with. You know, I yeah. was I was the eleventh homegrown signing, wow. and wow. you know That's the right. ones before me are, aren't. They were younger than me. You know, right, what I'm saying? like right. there's there's a lot of talent out there. Right. So it it was honestly probably the best scenario for me. At, you know, in America, you know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. that right now they compare it to. They say it's one of the best academies in the world. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah. you know to to be able. To, Say I was like a pioneer for that academy, right, like the first right, academy team. Right. It's, it's something pretty cool. And you were also on the U18 national team. Yeah. And you won an Australian Open tournament. Yeah, there. yeah. How it was that experience? It was great, man. Like, I was probably, you know, I was really feeling myself. This is back in the day when I was playing striker, you know. <laughs> oh, you were a striker too? <laughs> yeah. Same thing for yeah, me, Yeah, you know bro. what I'm saying? You go to college and they start... Put you in the back. <laughs> further and further back. Oh, he's a good athlete, yeah. In the back. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was a great experience, you know. I was... I was more of like a poacher. I was like a, you yeah. know, 
getting picking up the sloppy seconds, putting it back in that and everything. Yeah. But you yeah. know, it was it was a great experience. Played with a lot of great players, a lot of guys who still play mm-hmm. professionally. And you know, I think it was just kind of a small stepping stone to where I wanted to go as yeah. a soccer player. That's awesome. So why Maryland out of all your options? Do you have many other options before Maryland? I had a few. So I went to SMU. That was my first visit because it was down the street. And then Maryland was my second visit. And I was planning on going to see New Mexico after that. But Sasha said, at the end of my visit, he said, so if you decided, I was like, well, I think I'm going to still go check out. He's like, no, no, no. Like, if, if you don't. If you don't tell me today, like wow. your spot's gonna be gone. I was wow. like, and I the thing is, I had such a great time. You know, I really enjoyed the campus, yeah. like the players. Obviously, the soccer was good, so right. it was a kind of an easy decision. It was just kind of convincing my parents, like, hey, yeah. I've lived with y'all for eighteen years. Yeah. I'm trying to go across the country, and right. you know, not even driving it. distance. Yeah, nah. So every year, you guys had a lot of success at Maryland. Traditionally, Maryland's a powerhouse. I never went there, but it's my hometown school, so I've always followed you guys. I know playing, I remember we, we played there my freshman year and just being a, in a soccer-specific stadium, five, what was it, 5,000 fans you guys average or more? Five, six, around there. Fans, I remember Sean Cote was our goalie at the time, they were looking up his girlfriend, talking about people oh, like yeah. his girlfriend and stuff, like, it's craziness. <laughs> Talk yeah. about that culture and the yeah. environment those there, students, man. Those students are hardcore, man. Uh, that was probably one of the biggest factors why I went there, you know? Mm-hmm. I went, my official visit, they were playing Wake Forest, and it was like, Wake Forest was the top team that year, but... The atmosphere was insane. I had never mm-hmm. seen anything like this. Not even at MLS games, you know. Like right. this is FC right. da- FC Dallas was barely drawn back then. You know right. what I'm saying? And to see a college, uh, a makeshift stadium that's packed on behind both goals and on both sidelines was just re- really impressive and made me made yeah. me want to play yeah, on that field. That. You know, so yeah. it's a pretty easy choice once if you know once mm-hmm. once it got there. So how many ACC? How many ACC titles you guys get? I think. I want to say three. Three and your four? Yeah, three. You guys four. get a ring every time? Yeah. I think, I don't, they forgot to mail me my ring after Damn. my senior year. Yo, you leave early, they forget about Damn. you. Damn. <laughs> How many uh, national uh-huh. NCAA championship titles do you have? I have zero. Oh. They, yeah, so my senior year of high school, they they had the final four in Frisco, so I got to go to the I got to go to the semifinal and final, and they won it. So it's pretty dope. I'm like, yeah, telling all my kids at high school, yeah, my college that I'm going to next right. year is won the national championship. But yeah, unfortunately, we never we never uh, you know put put together the f- complete season performance. Mm-hmm. But you know, I d- don't regret anything. Yeah, of course. Best not. best four years of my life. I know, right? So you're named the ACC second team junior and senior year. You're a third team All American, one of the best center backs in the country. You also, I'm sure you had an idea you were going pro, right? Yeah. How did you know FC Dallas contact you about the homegrown situation? Yeah, I mean, it all happened pretty quick, to be honest. Like, I think so. We lost in the semifinals of the national national championship and we came back, and I think two days later, I was in the coach's office, like having my end of career meetings. Like, yeah. hey, this guy. Went, Obviously, I'm kind of talking to an agent. He's like, "Hey, you want to sign with him?" Yeah. I'm like, "Yeah." And so I filled the paperwork out in Sasha's office, and then get a call from my agent. He's like, "Yeah, we're we're in talks with FC Dallas right now to get you a homegrown deal." So uh-huh. just had to play the waiting game for a few months, uh, and then finally got offered offered a contract to come home. So That's that was awesome. pretty amazing. What's a homegrown contract like? What's like four? How many years guaranteed? <sighs> well, I, <laughs> I I only had one guaranteed year, so gotcha. I, I think it's different for every player. Okay. So. How was that first year for you, FC Dallas? First year, uh, I was I was happy. You know, mm-hmm. it was it was really cool to go back to where I grew up mm-hmm. and actually be playing there. You know, for the first team, mm-hmm. I'd seen them play in 
50 to 100 games right. live, you know what I'm saying? Now this so is you. Now I'm on the first team and doing it. I'm living with my homeboy who got signed as well, you know. We played academy together, so it was pretty... Damn, it was, that's dope. It was a perfect setup, you know. I I had friends, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, some guys get drafted and have to go to a completely yeah. new city, you know. I get yeah. I get picked up and I'm, I know everybody who lives here. I know the roads <laughs> hey, and everything, you know, hey, where to eat. Exactly, you know, so it was a pretty fortunate situation. But then the following year, you go down to Arizona United. Now it's Phoenix Rising. How did that kind of affect you mentally? Uh, it was tough, dude. Like I, I, I got my option picked up by Dallas, and then mm. we got a new coach, basically a new coaching staff, and they weren't feeling my vibe in preseason, so I got mm. cut right before the season started and honestly didn't have many options. And Arizona was like a late USL team mm. coming up, and um, – I knew the I knew the head coach. He was the assistant at Maryland, and this was going to be a, his first head coaching job. So, kind of just fell into place. Like, it was I think two weeks before MLS started, so it was kind of in my my uh, CV wasn't you know, that popping. So, I kind of didn't really have any options. So I went down to Arizona. Obviously, it's it's tough. It's tough, you know, to get cut after a year from mm-hmm. your your boyhood club. You know, yeah. so, but. You know, it all worked out in the yeah. end. Yeah, so you grinded, worked your way back up, and how did, you know, New England kind of get into the picture from there? You know, it's crazy. This is the only credit I'll give my ex-agent right here. So <laughs> so I, I was planning on going back to Arizona for a second season, and I get a call one day. I thought he said, hey, I got you new shoes. I was like, oh, new shoes good. He's like, no, I got good news. <laughs> he's like, he's like, New England wants you to come on trial. I was like, oh, big time. I was like, how's this going to affect the Arizona situation? I was like, I already talked to everybody. Like, if they offer you a contract, there's going to be no fees or anything. They'll just let you go for free. Wow. So that was pretty fortunate. Wow. Went up to preseason, grinded, yeah. earned a contract, yeah. and the rest was history. How do those three years kind of groom you and help you work to where you are now? Um... I mean, I just think maturity level as a player on and off the field has 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 to go up. Yeah, you know, sure. want to develop as a person and a player. But I think you know, three years in the MLS can can really change your perspective on how you see the game. Yeah, you know. So I've I've had a I've had a good experience. I think. What were some know? of the craziest games you've played in? Some of your favorites? Um, or FC Dallas too. I'm trying to think, the craziest game. I probably, I mean, the first, the only MLS goal I scored was on the road in Vancouver. Mm. And before the game, we had an Open Cup game in North Carolina midweek. Uh-huh. Went to extra time. Had a crazy rain delay. We didn't end the game till like, midnight. Right. Like, I was super dehydrated, so I ended up in the emergency room that night. We traveled to Vancouver the next day. I'm just getting IVs, you know what I'm saying? I was yeah, yeah, yeah. hella dehydrated. Yeah. yeah. So we traveled to Vancouver the next day for another road trip, mm-hmm. or another road game on Saturday. I'm starting again. And I'm getting IVs before the game just to make sure I got enough, you know, in my system. And I actually scored my first goal. We we won 2-1. That was our first road win of the season. So that was probably, personally, my best experience as a player. Who were some of the toughest forwards you played against? (sighs) The top ones, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. David Villa. He's he's a he's a he's a little pest every time you yeah. play against him. Drogba's a big dude. Oh yeah, you played play against Drogba too. Played against Peter Crouch one time. Mm. <laughs> it's tough. Well, to, friendly against. Yeah, uh, we played Stoke City. Stoke, yeah. My my first year at Dallas. There's there's been a lot of good forwards. You know you Ooh, can't. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of good forwards in MLS. Yeah. You know so. Who would you say was like you know maybe maybe the toughest or you kind of look forward to every time you step on the field out of those big names. Um. I mean, that would be a special player, you know what I'm saying? That's yeah. one of Spain's all-time greatest players. Played for Barcelona, obviously, too. But um, I think, you know, obviously, Atlanta's doing really well, and 
Joseph Martinez is, yeah. you know, we played them in preseason and me and yeah. him had a little go at it, even though it was a friendly, you know what I'm saying? So I really like the way he plays. Nothing, you know, nothing personal, but, right. you know, right. he's a fiery guy, you know, yeah. you got you to gotta get yourself up for those type of, of games. Of course. So injury is also very important in our profession as well. And I'm, I know this preseason, kind of, what was it, sprained your MCL? Yeah, sprained my MCL. Is that your first injury in your career? No, I like? actually sprained it my rookie year at Dallas, too, oh, okay. at the end of the season. So... It wasn't unfamiliar pain, but yeah. it was definitely a lot of pain. You know? How was that toll on you mentally? I mean, <laughs> yeah. especially, you know, you're balling this preseason. I yeah. mean, expecting to have a, you're still going to have yeah, a great year sure. this year. Yeah, I mean, it definitely could have been worse. You yeah, know, I tried yeah. to look at the bright side of things, but yeah. actually, crazy story, when it happened, I was in such a... I could probably have my eyes... I was in so much pain, probably have my eyes closed for 10 minutes, get yeah. back in the in the training room, and all of a sudden, my body starts, like, tingling, you know? I start having, like, a... Wow. Uh, what's it called? A panic attack. Wow. Because I guess just all the thoughts, everything going through my head. Right, right. Have a panic attack for, like, 10 minutes, yo. So, I mean, luckily got through that after yeah. a good 10 minutes, but definitely don't yeah. have a panic attack right, again, yeah, you know? But, Glad you're good. Yeah, it could have been worse. So, if y'all could do it again... Would you go to college or straight to the pros? You know, the USL is growing now. I don't know if you guys seen that 15-year-old out in LA who's just balling, having like five goals in two games or something like that. So, you know, obviously the USL is growing now. If you guys could do it again, would you go to college or kind of go straight to the pro route? Me personally, I would go to college for sure. Yeah, um, I wouldn't would. trade my four years at Seen Hall for anything. I wouldn't trade what I learned. I've grown as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the life values, obviously, me coming to this country was for education. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing with being a professional athlete is like, even talking to London about his injury, and I'm sure you've had an injury and I've had injuries, mm-hmm. is it could all be taken from you in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And to pass up that, to pass up a scholarship to go to a school that's 60 grand, Yeah. for me, I think it's a no-brainer. The risk is not worth the reward. So right. I'll go to school any day. I think for me... You know, just like Bolu said, those are the best four years of my life. So if I if I had to look at it and strip those memories away like mm-hmm. that, you know, I have so, too many best friends that I want to mm-hmm. keep in touch with for the rest of my what life. What if you're in high school and, you know, middle school, high school, and you play for FC Dallas? You know, FC Dallas is a great route into at least, the, I don't know if they have an affiliate team, but like DC United, for example, you have Richmond, you have these right. USL affiliates, you know... There's a good chance, especially like someone like you, had a yeah. pretty good high school career going into it. You'd still. I think. I think if it was 2018 yeah. and I was 14 year old, like 14, 15 now, I'd probably give it. You know, give it a shot. Gotcha. Just because I think the the league is you know grown massively yeah. in the way yeah. they produce players. So. Yeah. I agree with, with both of them. You know, I think education is so important. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean, and the the friendships and everything that you make, and also like socially. You know what I mean? Like, you grow up as a person. I mean, we saw it at Philly, some of the, the young guys who yeah, signed. You know, yeah. it's it's a, it's a big jump. Mm-hmm. You know, you're 18 years old, and you're in a locker room with dudes who have kids. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so it's like so a true. maturity thing. Yeah. So um, it, It's a tough one. I think it's a tough one because yeah. you can see you can see best of both worlds. For like, sure. yeah. I, had a, I had a guy that I played with at Red Bull Academy, and, like, we played next to each other in center back, Matt yeah. Miazga. And like, yeah. he decided not to go to school. I decided to go to school. Right. He's playing for Chelsea, and I'm here. You know what I mean? So like, you were last right? Night. You were national team last night. Like, he's about to go play against. Like, he's made Premier League appearances. So it's just like, and then I have I know guys who left didn't go to school and they're not even playing anymore and they're trying to you know get themselves together to get a job or go mm-hmm. back to school. So it's like. It's really hit or miss, but I think the safe bet, I think if you have a scholarship to go to school, I'll go to school 10, time, 10, gotcha. 10 times out of 10. Yeah. Everybody's different, though, you know? Yeah, yeah for sure. Everyone's yeah, different. Yeah, I'm kind of stuck in between, you know, both of those well had 
the best four years of my life and college I would say grew me a lot because it's an athletic game it's a very aggressive game it's Absolutely. completely different than the than, pros than the pros yeah I mean being coming from a mid-major school it's kind of different than coming from Maryland we really didn't even play the best soccer I mean a lot of mm. times we're just kicking the ball along and strapping up defensively and right. just fighting that, right. especially my senior year we fought hard you know what I'm saying <laughs> but then I get to the pros and I'm in Richmond and it took me two three months to even catch up with the speed and understand right, that right, it's a right. one two touch game mm -hmm. and so when I look back at it, I'm kind of stuck in between two because I feel like if I'm like 15 or 16, like the kid from LA, and I'm just balling, by the yeah. time I'm 18, 19, who knows where I'd be? Even, even right. if I'm juggling on multiple teams, I'm still only 19, right. 20. Kind of what they're doing overseas, and that's kind yeah. of the difference for here in America because a lot of kids, and I'm sure you guys know kids who go to college and they just don't pan out, even though yeah, they're yeah. the most successful kids in high school because yeah, yeah. of the college lifestyle too. Yeah, and that's yeah, not sure. yeah. that's something we all also have that's to for sure. About. That's something you have to fight through. I mean, I don't know. I, for me, I'm kind of stuck in that way because I remember having a conversation with a dude he played for Red Bull um, Ronald Zubar mm. he played for Marseille he's played for top teams Wolves he played in the Premier League and we're just having a conversation and the first question he asked me he goes yo how was college I heard it's, I heard it's really fun <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> and in the back of my head I'm like yo this is a dude who's lived the dream that I want to live right, and he's asking right. me how college was and mm -hmm. I have that experience in the back of my mind so at the end of the day I just think it's perspective yeah, like, you really can't say it's going to go left or right you know right, what I mean you right. never know so in terms of keeping up with the rest of the world, what do you think U.S. soccer should do? And do you think like the college game that we were just talking to helps helps or doesn't help in terms of keeping up with the rest of the world? Um, personally, I don't think college helps. Yeah. Um, because I think the biggest thing is just growing growing from the academy. You know what I mean? And I feel like some a lot of times, like even when you have great talent talented kids coming from the youth national team programs and all this stuff and when they get to that 17-18 and it's MLS the coaches they pump fake to play them you know what mm -hmm. I mean they take their time and, and they, they don't put that trust in them and give these kids the chance to develop where you look you you look at you look at Europe you look at the Premier League you look at Manchester United a guy like Marcus Rashford right two guys get gets hurt right he's 17 18 years old the coaches don't hesitate to throw him in a right. game against Arsenal he scores right. two goals right. and he doesn't look back ever since right. he's going to work up this summer right. it doesn't work like that here right you know what I mean and I think that's a biggest thing and I think that's kind of why the U.S. struggles a little bit on a national scale is because the trust is just not there mm -hmm. and a young because I think the talent's here yeah, for sure yeah. I, I I don't doubt that you look at the young class now I mean right. even last night the, all these teenagers balling exactly yeah. and I think you're starting to see a little bit more especially with Red Bull mm -hmm. uh, Philly Definitely you know what I mean Bull. you look at two, Philly's two center backs right now they're, they're we three of us we played with them you know what I mean they're 18, 19 year old kids right, 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 so I think right. if you get that more around the league right. I think in time it might not be immediate success but I think in the next 10 years 12 years next World Cup you never know you mm -hmm. never know but I think that trust has to be there and you have to just trust your process and trust the academy kids mm -hmm. you're grooming and, and, and kind of really don't just talk about it yeah we want to produce talent actually put them out there yeah. if it means you lose 3 nothing in a game put them out there right. let them gain that experience right. and then see what happens because mm -hmm. in the long run it'll, it'll benefit the country mm -hmm. I feel like college is tough because you, how many games you play in a season at the least you could play or what is it? 18, 18, 18, 18, 18, 18, 18 games. 18. At, you know what I'm saying? Your season could be span, done. You know, right, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So how can you expect to get better yeah, as a player if you're not true. playing in the game? You know what I'm yeah, saying? Training true. is completely different from yep. 11 aside football. Yeah. You know what yep. I'm saying? So like, I think for me, when I went to Arizona, I was, that's when I first started getting like a good run, run of mm -hmm. games and I like, started getting my form and stuff. Like, I, mm -hmm. It was difficult in college because the games come so quick. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And Was it like, when did you guys play? Wednesday, Saturday? No, nah, we played... 
Tuesday, Fridays. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So Friday nights were lit. We were Wednesday. <laughs> 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 yeah, we were Wednesday, we were Wednesday, Saturday, too. Yeah, same. You're just trying to get through those games, bro. Right. You know what I mean? You're not even training. You're just trying to win, right. win games. Yeah. You know? Like, you're not... mess up your RPG. Exactly. Yeah, like, <laughs> you're not, you're not, you're not <laughs> focusing on development. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah, how can we win the next game? Yeah. And I remember even... <laughs> Me and London always talk about this. Or I always talk about this. <laughs> so we seen home my freshman year. We started off well. Like I think we went four and zero my freshman year. We were undefeated. So Maryland was coming into town, number number one number one team in the country. And my coach is like brought us in and he was like, yo, sometimes you just gonna have to sit and pack it in. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just about getting a result. We got that result. We got that result. We tied 0-0, zero, zero, hey. double overtime, you know hey. what I mean? But like, a game like that, for us, we're just running around there, yeah. you know? We're not gaining anything from it, but that's what college turns out to be. Unless yeah. you're a top, top program, right. like Maryland, or right. like like the Yukons at the time when I was in college, or, or who's big now? Stanford, like those kind of teams. Yeah. But if you're like a little team, which is majority of the schools, you're just grinding for the next result. You know what Same I mean? Same thing we did, bro. Right, and you don't develop that way Same. as a player. Yeah, yeah. How about you, T? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. You know, I think college, like we said, like the lifestyle can definitely change a player. You know what I mean? It can alter their growth. But I think one of the biggest things is that needs to change in the system is that MLS needs to stop being the place where older players come. Mm-hmm. And you can definitely start to see that now. Um, you know, like... The draft system, you know, you talk to European guys, they think it's absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, you know, like like London, coming up from the academy system, we need more of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think we're behind in terms of, of Europe and other areas of the world, but we're catching up, for yeah. sure. I mean, you saw it last night, but... Yeah. It's, it's also, I think, academy kids can play in USL games now, too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, See, that would have been really been a, for right, all of us, right, you know what I'm saying, coming right, up to so get true. professional game, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. guys who have been playing professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never saw that. Like, I played maybe uh, 11 aside with the first team. That's right, about it, you right. know? Like, and these guys don't even care to play against each other, you know? Right. I think that's exactly what comes down to is opportunity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you go to England, guys are given even second division, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, they're 15, 16, able to play mm-hmm. in the championship, and then from there they can move up. Here, it's like, you're gonna expect a 15 year old kid to compete with a guy who's come, who's already played in the championship, who's right. already played in England or, or wherever it is. You know, like it's yeah. tough, man. That's kind of what Mark Pulisic, the assistant here, obviously he's Christian Pulisic's father, and he's like, you know, if he didn't have a German passport, he'd probably be like kind of like Andrew Carlson playing for Atlanta too. And we all know this man's a baller, and he should be at least coming off the bench every single game for Atlanta. But thank God that he was had a German passport and was able to get this opportunity from Hershey, PA. Play against Hershey all the time, and now this man's just balling out in Dortmund. Yeah, yeah. He said he'd be stuck in the USL probably because mm-hmm. he's only 19, I believe, and all the majority of 19 year olds are all playing in the USL. Yeah, yeah. It's all about That's that opportunity because they do yeah. it different over there. Yeah, for sure, bro. So, how do you guys think the USL has progressed over the years? I think it's it's come a tremendous way, bro. I mean, I remember when I was in college. And everybody's like, you have this hope or like where you want to play and these big dreams as you're younger. And I'm like, in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll play in MLS. Like, I want to yeah. play in Europe, you know? And I'm like, USL? I don't yeah. even think about that. And I remember my freshman year, we had a dude, um, Andrew Walker. Walker, he played, he was a captain of our school right before I came in. And he was playing in the USL Cup final. So it was Orlando versus Harrisburg, I think he was playing for. Yeah, Orlando Harrisburg in the final. They wound up losing on PK and I watched it and I was like, yo... 
what the, what is this? You know right, what I mean? Like, right. it was just so different. Yeah, there were a couple That's of funny. fights That's there. my freshman year. Yeah. We lost to Harrisburg at home. I oh, really? Was, yeah. We played Orlando that Yeah, year. so, um, yeah. and I'm watching, I'm watching, yeah, I'm watching it like, yo, this is crazy. You know what I mean? It's a lot different. And just to see it build and build and build in the years and amount of teams, I'm like, teams are starting to get their own stadium and grow fan bases and everything. So it's definitely growing and moving in the right direction for sure. I think there's a lot. I think that doesn't get spoken of as much right. um, because everyone talks about the USL, uh, MLS and their growth. But right. I think the USL is growing just, just as well as the MLS is right. on their own pace. For sure. Yeah. They're having a D3 too, I believe, that's starting next year. That'll yeah. be big, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's going to that's gonna be those young teenager guys yes. who, who need the games, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I think yeah. it'll be perfect. Promotion and relocation hopefully can come out of that as well. And then, yeah. As we talked about earlier, I've seen Cincinnati now going to the MLS that was just in the USL, so hopefully maybe even relegation from there eventually. I feel like they're waiting for all of us USL teams to get their own big soccer-specific right, stadium. Right. Obviously, you guys as well. We have one here, but it's small. But there's still a good amount of teams that still use MLS stadiums or just other random stadiums <laughs> until there's their own soccer-specific stadiums, like in the Euro- the championships overseas, yeah. every single... Arsenal still going to decent side, regular side pitch, and not going to our field, which is kind of small. Yeah, you, yeah, was, yeah. I mean, you guys ran on it today, but you're yeah. actually seeing it. Again. It's <laughs> different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what is what are you guys' dreams and ambitions out of this profession? You guys still have some goals, and of course, what's what your guys' dreams and ambitions out of this? I for sure, you know, I'm trying to get better every day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, obviously. Nobody has the same route, you know what I'm saying, to, mm-hmm. to success or whatever, however you gauge your success. But I think for me, as long as I stay focused every day, like I'm going to get to where I, I think I should be, you know what I'm saying? Right. So it's a long journey. I'm, I'm 27 years old, mm-hmm. but in the grand scheme of things, that's not that old. Nah, you know? Not at all. Yeah. Obviously, for me, a big goal is to play in MLS. Yeah. Keep it plain and simple. Like yeah. I haven't played in MLS. Yeah. I have friends that played in MLS. I watched yeah. MLS. Played never, against them right. a little bit in practice. Exactly. But yeah. I've never gotten to play in MLS. I played yeah. against MLS teams. I think that's a big goal, and that's something that drives me every day to get yeah. better because I know I'm not far off. You yeah. know what I mean? And a lot, like a lot of guys on my team who haven't been there. Mm-hmm. So my biggest thing is to play in MLS. That's my biggest goal right now. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, I thank God for the opportunity and the platform, and you know, like. You know, as long as he calls me to do this game, I'm going to do it. So, um, like London and, and Bolu said, I think it's about getting better every day. And, you know, for me, it's about shining for his glory. So, mm-hmm. i got to be the best version of myself that I can be. Mm-hmm. Have you guys thought of anything you wanted to do after your career is done? Uh, Male model. <laughs> uh, for me, I think I would like to work in marketing. Yeah. Um, graduated with like a public relations and marketing uh with a public relations and marketing degree so i think i like to work in marketing i don't know if i want to work for a, a sports team or a mm-hmm. soccer team probably not mm-hmm. i think when i'm done with the game You're i kind of want to be done yeah, 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 yeah. coaching nah i don't I, I don't have the patience for coaching <laughs> but yeah definitely marketing for sure gotcha me personally uh love the game too much you know yeah. I, like i feel like obviously nobody wants to think about the last right. time they're going to kick a ball professionally but you know, that's in the back of my mind, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I think I enjoy the game so much and I, I'm, a, I'm a big advocate of the youth. So mm-hmm. I could definitely see myself, you know, trying to trying to help the youth, whether it's, you know, on the field or off the field. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, being at Mason, I was a bio major and, you know, I had to cut that short to, to pursue this. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in the end, you know, I'm going to do what God's called me to do, but. You know, that desire to be a surgeon is always there. Nice. So You don't um, think you do anything? You're not going to be involved with the game at all? Or I don't know, just, man. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like, like when I think about it, like, I want to have a family, yeah. you know, and honestly, 
like if they play soccer that's great but I want them to pursue their dreams yeah like you know what I mean but maybe get into the game if I did that I would go into broadcasting you know I don't know if I would want to go into coaching as much but definitely some color commentary or something like that yeah for me personally I kind of want to affect this game somehow that's kind of why I started this podcast you know I've been blessed to know all you guys a bunch of players throughout this league and MLS last year with the union and stuff so I want to give you know use our platform to help the next generation per se I mean back in Richmond they gave us coaching I was coaching U13 boys for two years but that was probably the best experience of my life it was just me as a coach with like 15 kids implementing my own system formations making them run and punish them if they didn't listen to anything <laughs> but like it was awesome to just see the progression for two years and they right. actually got a lot better and the parents like really appreciated it mm-hmm. so that kind of you know led me to this you know to give advice Cause a lot of people we all have the biggest dreams when we're kids right i had the biggest dreams we still do have the biggest dreams mm-hmm. but then you, reality hits college hits right. either don't make it out of the lifestyle and if you do but you're not jumping to the mls you're pretty much going to the usl mm-hmm. and the ASL, and then you're still grinding and i've been in here for five years now i'm still grinding for this opportunity you guys three three you're five to six as well and like we're all still you know yeah. grinding for this opportunity so i think you know that's why i want to use this platform to help some other people in the next generation so what advice do you guys have for the up-and-coming generation you know young people who are listening fans who are listening about this you know journey and being a pro and reaching your dreams and aspirations yeah i think i think one thing that always helped me as a kid was to set goals i think whatever that might be set your goals yeah. you know and when you set your goals like the everyday struggle of whatever it doesn't that it's not that hard right it's, it's not as hard because you know what the big goal is in mind so right. whether it's getting up earlier to go out there and get some touches on the ball and, and work on striking the ball work on passing the ball right. that doesn't seem that hard if you know where you want to be because you see it in front of you every day right. every day and the more you grind little by little and you keep chipping at it you keep chipping at it you're going to get what you want mm-hmm. promise you mm-hmm. and if you don't get what you want you can look yourself in the mirror and say I did everything I possibly can in my power to get there it just didn't work out I agree so that's, that's my biggest advice and I think that's something that dro- drove me and helped me right. every day to become a pro I think to touch on that like writing your goals out so you can physically see them every yeah. day when you wake up like yeah. when I was when I was 17 my goal was to make the U18 national team yeah. I saw that every day when I woke up yeah. and it mm-hmm. came to fruition I'm not saying everything's going to come to fruition Right. Right. So if you put that if that's the first thing you see every day you're yeah. like okay yeah. that's a reminder yeah, you know yeah, yeah, but true. I think another thing for me like coming from Maryland like there was guys in my class leaving early getting contracts and stuff mm-hmm. like that having success early out of college I think you can never judge your career off just somebody else's path because yeah. everybody has their it's own different. path you know that's what I'm saying true. that's true and like so you just gotta be patient you know right. if you're doing the right thing if you're if you're diligent in your work you know things sometimes usually Work in, work in your favor. Yeah. yeah. Game rewards you. Sure. And I would say, that, like, the biggest thing is you have to have confidence and faith in yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, like, no matter what anybody says, you know, you have to have that faith and belief. Mm-hmm. Um, and surround yourself with people who are going to give you good energy. Mm-hmm. You know, not people who are going to take it away or, or cut you down or, you know, try and stop your process. Mm-hmm. And if they try and stop them, just rise above it. Yeah. Cream always rises to the top. <clears throat> so, fellas, I appreciate you guys coming out on this show. It's been an awesome fifth episode. Good luck for the rest of the season. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Talk to you soon, footy fans. Thanks for listening. Hit the subscribe button on iTunes to stay updated when new episodes are released. Follow Backyard Footy on all social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Watch live during the shows and stay updated when new shows are released. So I thank you, fellas, again. See you guys tomorrow. Appreciate it, brother. Appreciate it.